Listen up, CIOs. If you have designs on a greater role in your enterprise, then you need to focus on digital design. Hi, I'm Scott Smith for Gartner ThinkCast, and I'm sure the question you now have is, how do I do that? Well, we've got Gartner Senior Executive Partner Rachel Ratcliffe and Research Vice President Brian Prentice back on the line from Australia as they wrap up their multi-part conversation on this core topic for digital business. So let's go back to Rachel right now. But do you then see this as almost a maturity measure? You know, when you talk about the university, there's a level of maturity of understanding of digital through that journey where the CIO gets to craft what this looks like. The other Mm -hmm. examples you used of the bank in Singapore, is it a maturity thing? Is this an evolution that will kind of show where our CIOs can mature to? Or does it have no reference to that? Yeah, look, it's an interesting question that you raise. You know, I think that you'll see from Gartner in the near future research note specifically outlining what we would call a maturity model for digital design. So to preempt maybe some of the, the thinking on that, I think we can definitely frame it as a maturity model. Just as if I were to sort of like throw it out initially here, you know, obviously at a level zero, there is no digital design going on. If we go one step above that, I would say that what we start to see are organizations that make limited investments in design staff. And what I mean by a limited investment is you don't have enough people that they can actually take a project from beginning to end, right? So when you have that type of situation, the only way to make it work effectively is they're basically trying to get the IT department to do less of a bad job than they did in the past. So it's more of a enablement, a design enablement, as opposed to design uh, capability. Now, if we go up from there, then what we have is what you could actually call a design team. And to me, the trigger for a team is you can give them a project, and they can do start to end with some questions about whether they're doing the the coding side of that too. If we start to get up one more level, then what we're saying is they're starting to be able to run projects for the organization as a whole, multiple different stakeholders, customers, employees, partners, these types of things. So you really have what is now a sort of functioning, interacting team. If we go one level up from there, then I would start to say we're getting into the place that we call digital humanism, right? Now, we see digital design as being a component of that broader concept. Digital humanism is not very complicated. All we're saying here is that it's a different way to perceive the value of technology. In the past, and in the industrial age, what we call digital machinism, the idea is we derive technology from automation. So automation is about removing human activity from a process or a task. So we're now at this place where we're going, well, we have some practical limits on how much we can actually automate. So people are going to exist no matter what. So rather than just focusing on automation, how do we look at enablement and empowerment? And that's really all digital humanism is. It's how do we derive value from technology by empowering and enabling people? So that next level is where you start to get a more profound understanding of what that really means. It becomes a fabric of how you operate. 
And the last one that I would say is that when we start to see digital design and digital humanism, it's part of a broader design perspective. So this is when we start to think of cohesive design functions that are doing the industrial design, the service design, the interior design, all in an integrated fashion. So companies like Apple Computer, for example, are the ones that are sort of uh, see design in that very, very holistic way across all touch points in the organization. So yeah, I think you know our clients will see a digital design maturity model in the not too distant future, and they can sort of identify where they're at and what it takes them to be able to get to that next place. But I think you're raising a great point. It is a progression. Look, if you got a ton of money, you can try and jump from zero to four, and we see some organizations try to do that. But I think for most organizations, progressing up the scale is great. And, you know, here's the good news story out of all of this. You don't need to nail it, right? You just need to keep getting better. The beautiful thing about all of this digital design is that people notice when it's being done. So as long as you're progressing and the momentum is going forward, I think CIOs are going to find getting this constant support and green light from the rest of the organization. Well, I that maturity model is certainly music to our ears because I think a lot of our CIOs are going to be struggling to where do they get started, how do they move through, how do they get better at this. And I guess mm. the whole concept of the threat of the chief digital officer, are we going to be seeing a future that holds a chief design officer that supersedes the CIO? Yeah. Well, and, you know, again, you have in a company like Apple that already exists, right? So Sir, Sir Jonathan I yep. runs design and reports directly to the CEO. And, you know, they took their cues from Braun, right? So Braun, the consumer goods manufacturer, had a similar decision they made back in the 50s, which is in the consumer electronics market, they wanted to try to differentiate off the back of design. And so they hired somebody by the name of Dieter Rams, a very, very famous designer. Most people are aware of iconic designs of his, like the bronze shaver or the alarm clock. But the real sort of uh, success of the Braun brothers that came up with that idea was not the design process, it was the organization structure. So it was how they actually implemented Dieter Rams into the organization, how they sort of had all of the departments at some level have to flow through him so that design was imbued in everything that they did. Now, do we end up calling that chief design officer, chief digital officer? I think we're going to start to see that clear up in the future but, yeah, look, I think we're going to see more of this chief design officer starting to emerge. But I think for most organizations, it's a couple of years away before that happens. There's a path that we all need to go on. I guess another really relevant question for me personally is, what are the trends that you are seeing in the Asia market and ANZ, the Australia-Asia PAC market at the moment. Is it different to the rest of the world? Are we lagging? We always seem to feel that, especially in Australia, that we're not as innovative as Singapore. We don't have the advantages of the Asia market or the European-American market. But I'd be keen to hear what you are seeing in terms of those trends. Yeah, look, the, the question of regional variations always comes up. 
Well, I got to tell you, I don't really think, from my observation, that there are any meaningful variations in Asia Pacific or in Australia and New Zealand compared to North America, Europe, Middle East, anywhere. Let me dive into that. I think the real meaningful distinctions and variations are not geography, they are industry. So, you know, we spoke a little bit earlier about some of the interesting things we see happening in public sector and this, this notion of, you know, shared service digital design, which is going on. And I think if you're in public sector, you have to look at that way. Now, if you're over in banking and financial services, well, now that is a very fast-paced area in digital design. There's a lot of interest. There's obviously the nature of the way that industry operates. We're seeing a very interesting trend initiating in the banking and financial services, which is the acquisition of digital design agencies by banks. Capital One has done that, BBVA in France, Adam Bank in the UK have done that. So I think what's really important for CIOs is they need to get a sense of what's going on within their industry. Now, having said that, I think what does matter in the geography basis is there are going to be variations in the capability of the suppliers that are out there. Most every country in the world has got a plethora of smaller and mid-scale digital design agencies they can work with. But if you're looking at the major organizations, you know, Accenture, Deloitte, KPMG, IBM, all these organizations are really deeply committed to digital design. Uh, what their execution level is in different countries, that can vary. So that's a legitimate concern. Of course, the most important one, and this hopefully should go without saying, is that remember, design is a process of finding, solving problems for people. And there is absolutely no doubt that people's culture, their environment that they're in, is going to have a profound effect on the way that we think about how we build systems for people. If we're in China, there are very interesting and specific dynamics in terms of what's going on with the digital landscape that affects how people are using technology, you know, what people are doing with uh, Alibaba, uh, you know, Tencent, Didi, all these different types of things is in many ways different to how people are using similar technologies in other places. So those nuances in culture, in geographic distinction, don't really affect what CIOs need to think about in terms of how they're operationalizing digital design, but it certainly affects what happens when the process is actually being undertaken. So, Brian, you spoke about the maturity model, and I know that a lot of our CIOs are going to be very keen to get their hands on that when it is published. But for us EPs having the conversations with our clients, how would you recommend that they get started? What are the next steps they should be taking? What should they be thinking about? How do they start actually on this journey of setting up a digital design capability within their organisation? Okay, so what do CIOs need to do now is a good question. I mean, to some extent, I think the best place you need to start is a, shall we say, a degree of self-awareness. Where are you as an individual and your IT organization and your organization as a whole? Where are you currently at today? You need to be able to assess that. You know, do you have pockets of digital design going on right now? Do you have a CDO that's going in this direction? Is there an innovation department that is doing design thinking, but they think they're going to do design? Are you working with outside agencies? You need to kind of know where you're at as a starting point. Once you know where you're at, again, we come back to 
this thing is you need to understand that this is a process that when implemented is a capability that supports the whole of a digital business. Now, when we talk about the steps and the progress, we see CIOs going through the same three steps in the journey. And that is step one, establish and sustain. So you need to have a digital design capability, which is ultimately manifest in a team. So you need to be able to establish that team. Again, that's a hiring and organizational position, but you can't just hire. You have to sustain. You have to create an environment that these people actually want to keep working in your organization. One of the trickiest things CIOs are going to find with digital design is that people who know how to do this they are in an incredibly hot job market right now. They can pick where they want to work. So what are you going to do to create an environment that they want to work at your organization? Now, if you've got the team, they're motivated, they're doing work, the next step is how do you start to integrate that team with your app dev team, with the enterprise architectures? How do you start to transform the way that we have these conversations with the business? So we're going to start to have to think deeply about the notion of what business alignment actually means. And when you got that, we call that the connective tissue, right? So you're creating the connective tissue between your established design team and the rest of IT and the rest of the business. Then we end up in this more interesting conversation that we've been talking about, which is the scaling. How do you scale the enterprise class? And then all of the interesting implications it have in terms of rethinking the charter and the role of IT. Again, I maybe would not want to use the term the threat of the CDO. It is really should be seen as an opportunity. And how we'll pan out in the future, we'll wait and see. But if we manage this process effectively, it is easy to say that we end up with an ideal outcome for everybody involved. Thank you, Brian. That's been very insightful. I do believe that CIOs will get great value from hearing about these new concepts, and certainly I'm sure they're going to be thrilled to hear that there's a new threat on the horizon with a chief digital officer, or sorry, chief design officer on the horizon. And with that, I'm going to hand back over to Scott. Rachel, thank you very much. So many great insights in that wide-ranging discussion for sure. And if you haven't already, folks, I greatly recommend that you go back and listen to parts one and two of Rachel Ratcliffe's conversation with Gartner Research Vice President Brian Prentice. You'll find them, along with many other great Gartner ThinkCast conversations, at gartner.com slash podcasts. And also check out the dozens of Gartner webinars on a wide range of topics at gartner.com slash webinars. For Gartner ThinkCast, I'm Scott Smith. Thanks for listening.